Welcome back to the Broken Rising podcast. In this episode, we're going to discuss how cynicism can erode your convictions for righteousness and how not to surrender your godly moral convictions. Welcome to the Broken Rising podcast. The mission of Broken Rising Ministries is to help those who have been wounded by a church leader find healing, embrace faith once again, and continue on the journey of their calling. Here's your host, Gary Dunn. When you go through a breaking under, that is a spiritual and emotional wounding or abuse at the hands of a senior church leader or a group of leaders in the church, there's a number of things that can happen in the aftermath. From emotional pain to overwhelming shame, uh, one of the things that also happens, and we've been discussing in the last couple of podcasts, is the tendency towards uh, cynicism, the temptation to take on a cynical spirit. The problem with the cynical spirit is it will stop the Lord's healing dead in its tracks. One of the things that uh, those who deal with cynicism as a result of the pain and the wounding caused by spiritual abuse is that cynicism at the hands of that betrayal will begin to loosen and begin to erode your convictions for righteousness. Your personal conviction for godly righteousness comes under attack. It doesn't happen all the time, and it doesn't happen with every single person that's been broken under, but it is one of the things that many who have been broken under and then fall for cynicism, specifically cynicism, all right, that critical spirit, one of the things that begins to go is your godly conviction for righteousness. That is, so when I say your conviction for righteousness, I would, I mean by that, by that is your holy conviction to live a life of purity and holiness, all right, that, that the Lord reveals to us in his word and that conviction sits in your spirit, all right? So you have this, you understand from the Lord's word, you know, whether you start with the Big Ten and you, you know, you, know, you just go on to um, the other directives of the word of God, but you have this conviction for holiness. You have this conviction for righteousness uh, and that begins to be eroded by cynicism, all right? And the voice of the Holy Spirit gets quieter and quieter when cynicism is part of your journey. It's one of the things that you are wrestling with when you wrestle with cynicism. So how do we keep our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and keep our conviction for holiness and righteousness when the cynical spirit attempts to steal it from us? So we're going to go over a few things in this podcast that hopefully are going to be helpful to you in this kind of spiritual triage. That's what I've been calling this this um, this small series that we've been doing on wrestling with cynicism. It's kind of like spiritual triage. These are the things that you will encounter shortly after you know the the fallout from a spiritual wounding, whether or not you're still at the particular church or in the particular network that you're you're still there, or whether you find yourself as we talked about a couple of episodes ago about being kicked out onto the church stoop. That could be also the stoop of a denomination or a network or or a parachurch organization, whatever it is, you've been hurt and wounded by a spiritual leader in the church. Uh, and so we've been talking about that. And so we've been talking about how cynicism, uh, wrestling with cynicism in that area and all the dynamics of wrestling with that cynical spirit. Of course, so this one we're talking about surrendering your conviction for righteousness, surrendering what you once used to walk in in this holiness and you desired for it. Not that you walked in it perfectly, not that you achieved it every single 
moment of every single day because none of us do. None of us are perfect. But we held that conviction for righteousness. Whether or not we lived up to our convictions, we always held it. Now, cynicism causes us to trade it off. Okay, so what's the first thing? The first one is that surrendering, we have to realize that surrendering our conviction for righteousness leads down a dead end path. Trading righteousness for some concept of human freedom is a is a gambled exchange that will that will lose every single time. Every single time that we trade our conviction for righteousness for another conviction that that makes room for either sin or bitterness or anger or shame or or anything else, even worldly uh, principles and worldly ways that at least initially look like they're going to fit into the life of, of a follower of Christ, it's an exchange that you lose every single time. Last episode, we looked briefly at the journey of Asaph in Psalm 73, one of my favorites, the priest attendant of the Lord uh, in the Lord's temple. And he saw the hypocrites living this free life, this free life of sin, this free life of abuse of power, this free life where they could sin one day and repent the next and just, and just get away with everything. Then when he got into the presence of the Lord, right? In Psalm 73, verse 14, when he got into the, the presence of the Lord, Lord, he gained the perspective of heaven once again in regards to those who make those destructive, um, uh, <clears throat> those sur- the destructive surrendering of your conviction for righteousness. And he understood that the more you surrender, the more you walk in the world's ways, the more you even prosper by the world's ways, uh, and the farther you get away from the Lord, uh, the 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 more problems that person is going to run into. So uh, we see at the back half of the chapter, uh, Asaph revealing this. So we're going to read Psalm 73, verses 18 to 19. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. I mean, that's pretty strong words right there. If remember, this is the Lord revealing this to Asaph in the presence of the Lord. That those who surrender their conviction for righteousness, or maybe in some of their cases they never had uh, those those convictions for righteousness, but that wasn't Asaph's beef. Asaph's beef at the first half of the chapter, verses one to thirteen, was that he's dealing with people who claimed to be servants of Yahweh. All right, those who claim to be servants of the Lord or good citizens of the nation of ancient Israel in biblical times in the Old Testament, and and yet they were hypocrites. You know that they 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 claimed that they walked by Torah, and yet um, and they claimed the forgiveness and the grace and the sacrificial system of Torah, and then at the same time they 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 were hypocrites and sinful. All right, and we all know from Sunday school that God gave His law to us as a guide in this life so that we know how to live in this broken world. I mean, the law was given for a number of reasons. One, so simply, we would just simply know what, what sin is. What is sin? What isn't? All right, what is righteousness? What is sin? Um, but it's also a, a roadmap. A, a, the, the living word of God is the guide to how we should live in this world. Um, and there are general principles that we can apply from the word of God to our lives. And of course, we all know this because we've been living like this. Um, even for those of us who have been broken under, we know this even more because we have been living that, that life faithful to the Lord and to his word. And yet, despite that, we've been hurt and wounded. Now, 
the rules and regulations for any uh, for any dangerous industry are there for a reason. Just think about if you're a construction worker working on, you know, like uh, like up on the heights, um, you know, building a skyscraper. They now have they have netting. They've got harnesses with the with with uh, with safety lines that attach here and there. Um, there are certain things you do up there and don't do up there. And even those who maybe don't put on that harness or, or work around the nets. I mean, there's all sorts of stories back back in the day before there was all those safety rules and regs. Um, all those things that you had to wear, all that equipment, that safety equipment, they still had things you did and didn't do while you were up there or else you were going to die. You were going to get hurt. You were going to fall off. And all, all sorts of, you know, dangerous or semi-dangerous injuries, uh, uh, they, uh, industries, I should say, they all have rules and regulations that keep them safe. The Word of God is no different. All right. The, the word of God is there to guide our souls through one of the reasons why we have the word of God is to guide our souls through this dangerous world. All right. We don't live by those rules and we exchange them for other rules that we think are going to be just as good. The world's rules and world's ways. It's an exchange that we're going to lose every single time. And it isn't so much that it's it's just simply sin because it is simply because it is sin. Uh, that we want to engage in is that we we change our conviction for what sin is. That's that's the dangerous part. When we at one time serve the Lord with holiness and conviction, and then the next season abandon them because of the pain, the effect is still the same. It doesn't matter whether or not you drop your convictions for righteousness because you were wounded and the hypocrites. Uh, were, were, were being hypocrites by claiming the Lord but not serving him or walking in his ways. Uh, it doesn't matter whether or not, you know, that wounding is deep in you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The effects are still the same. Whether or not you trade your convictions for righteousness because you've come to some sort of intellectual epiphany or whether or not you're doing it because of deep pain. The effects are still the same. As soon as you let go of God's word and his ways, living through this world is going to be a dangerous, dangerous thing. It's even going to be more dangerous to try to claim Jesus and do ministry in the church, and outside the church for that matter, without walking by the living word of God. So one of the things that we have to be uh, completely uh, aware of is that surrendering your conviction for righteousness leads down a dead end path. The second thing is, is that you'll find plenty of people who will encourage you. Plenty of people who, who will encourage you. Now, listen, I'm not going to point to any of the so-called ministries that are out there ever because they're out there. There are all sorts of ministries, you know, that are, there's other podcasts and there's blogs and writings and all sorts of other stuff that's, that's, that, that is out there that will affirm you trading off your conviction for righteousness for, uh, you know, the, the convictions or the non-convictions of the ways of the world. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, provide any of those for you. You're never going to hear any of them mentioned or criticized because the heart of this ministry is that, that those people themselves will come back to a childlike faith in the Lord. All right. Unmodified. All right. An unmodified, um, uh, uh, walk with the Lord that doesn't come with strings attached. They come back to Jesus in this childlike faith. But essentially, it's blind people leading other blind people into ditches. 
Be very cautious with anyone who does more complaining and criticism than lifting up others and speaking life over them. All right? Be very cautious around anyone who does more complaining and more criticizing than they do lifting up and speaking life over other people. Especially when you're in a broken under scenario. When you are in a scenario where you have been wounded and hurt by another leader because you in you in uh, the, the cynicism that you're wrestling with, just like Asaph did in Psalm 73, they see the, the, the hypocrisy. They see the um, the hypocrisy of a life lived. Some of you are supposed to be a godly leader who then isn't, who hurts, wounds, kicks people to the stoop, all those things. All right. Unfortunately, you're going to find scores of people, many with online platforms, who will encourage you to lay down your godly convictions, who will who will encourage you to just um, say that something that is good is evil and that something that is evil is good, as the Isaiah scripture goes. I mean, a scripture that we will no doubt engage in other uh, in other podcasts, but they will encourage you to call what you know to be evil and evil good. Psalm chapter 10 verses 2 to 4 says, In his arrogance the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts of the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord in his pride. Uh, in his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no, there is no room for God. Notice that the wicked person is walking in arrogance here. There's an incredible amount of arrogance in regards to the convictions of the Lord and in regards to just his relationship with the Lord and, and other people. I mean, this is this scripture is an example. This cry of the psalmist is the example of, of, uh, is of an observation of how those who walk in cynicism can be and the traps of cynicism. So they walk out in arrogance, they and they seek out the weak. They seek out those who, because of all sorts of circumstances, whether or not they've been broken under and wounded and hurt, or whether or not there's pain because of a grievance, we see them seeking out the weak. All right. And there is no there is no shame of the Lord whatsoever in saying that you are weak because you've been broken under, because you've been wounded uh, and mistreated by uh, a, a senior church leader or a group of leaders in the church. There is there's no shame in that. In fact, the Lord's heart is turned to you. So the fact that you would maybe classify yourself, they would classify yourself as weak. All that is is just a simple commentary on the fact that you have been hurt and wounded. And that, for the moment, does make you, in that area of your life, weak. And so... If that is in the area because uh, you know because of a grievance, because of the hurt, pain, and wounding, makes you uh, weak to the place where you could trade your conviction for righteousness uh, and give that away. All right, there is a greed to do things their own way, to revile or hate the Lord. We see this in this this description of the cynical by the psalmist. He encourages those who come to him neither to seek the Lord or his ways, or make room for him. And that's one of the things that rejecting a conviction, a deep conviction for righteousness does, is that it makes no room for the Lord, and it puts the opinion of man chiefly and squarely, you know, at the helm of your heart. And when you do that, 
the things that you used to care about, the things that you used to, uh, your sweet devotional life for Jesus, the things that, the unbeneficial things in your life that Paul talks about, Paul talks about this middle category of unbeneficial things, you would never let them get near your life. You would always choose to walk in this godly conviction for righteousness in the Lord. So don't surrender it, all right? But just know that there are plenty of people who will encourage you to surrender it, and you have to avoid those people. Now, when I say avoid those people, again, I'm not talking about in a relational way. I'm talking about in an influence way. If they have more influence over you, which can happen when you're vulnerable because you've been hurt and wounded by a leader, you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of which direction influence is going. Now, if even though you're wounded, you're still, you know, you're still keeping your godly convictions and, and you have more influence over those that would say, no, the word of God really doesn't say this. It really doesn't say that this is sin, whether you're starting with the Big Ten or, or, or any of the other uh, points of uh, truth in the word of God in regards to how we should live our lives with the Lord, then, then that's good. That's fine. But my encouragement to you is be aware of it because if you are wrestling with cynicism, you are going to find people who will who will gladly come alongside you and encourage you to uh, completely drop your conviction for righteousness. So this last encouragement is this. God will always start again with you. God will always start over again with you. You may have started a life of surrendered godly convictions. All right. You might have you might have gone down this path where you've surrendered your godly convictions in the Lord, all right? The things that you used to uh, not let into your life, the things that you uh, would never allow yourself saying or thinking or doing, but now because you've you've uh, modified your godly convictions, you've surrendered your godly convictions, uh, and you're seeing um, these uh, the, the, the diminishing spiritual returns in your life because of that, here's the thing. You can always come back in the Lord. Always. You may have spent all your purity in living by the ways of sin because the pain and anger caused you to toss aside your, your once, um, you know, deep devotion to the Lord. It's not okay, but in the Lord, it's okay. You can come back. You can always come back to the place of, recon, uh, you know, of reconvicting uh, your righteousness to the Lord, all right? You can always come back to the place where you walk in the Lord's righteousness again, all right? You can come back to God and start living for Jesus uh, and, and in his ways again, all right? And then experience that joy and peace that comes along with it, all right? Think back to any time in your life when you have sinned. You know, you've been walking out your life, not in cynicism, maybe in a season before you're breaking under or whatever, and then you you sin, whether it's on purpose, you knew better and you did it anyway, or you, you know, stubbed your toe and it was by accident or whatever. And we all know that conviction of the Lord that rests on our soul. And we also, most of us, will know the joy and the relief that comes uh, and that peace and joy that just comes when we get down on our knees and we repent before the Lord, when we make things right with the Lord, primarily. I mean, we obviously might have to make things right with other people as well. But we all know the peace and joy that comes from that because we know deep down in our heart that we can always come back to the Lord. We can always come back to the place where, where we can embrace his righteousness again. Not again that we ever live in it perfectly. 
because none of us ever really do. But we do go from glory to glory. We do go from, you know, and this is, again, this is Sunday school, you know, 101 kind of stuff when it comes to our life. But we, when you get broken under because of spiritual abuse, we often forget those Sunday school 101 Christianity kind of things. We can come back to the Lord. We can start living righteously for him again. For, for him again. That doesn't make us a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who knows the truth and and despite that walks in the opposite way and just kind of disregards it, has contempt for it, um, you know, who says one thing and does another. All right. Those are your basic definitions of what a hypocrite is. When you repent, you're not being a hypocrite because when you repent before the Lord, you're seeing that relationship with the Lord restored. You take responsibility for the mistakes that you've made and the in this particular case it would be surrendering those convictions for righteousness and then you move on in a joy of li- uh, in a life of joy and peace in the lord that's not being a hypocrite that is not being a hypocrite the leader who broke uh, who you were broken under by who you were spiritually abused by they very well were being a hypocrite because they weren't representing Jesus well as they led you and possibly leading others but that's the, but the point is is that you can always come back. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 says, "Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow brings death. The convictions of the Lord uh, if you continually ignore them, they're still there, all right? There's a couple of scriptures that talk about it. I don't have them off, offhand, but basically where I believe it's both Jesus and Paul have said at different times that in different, you know, worded different ways, but essentially that it, it'd be better if you never knew the Lord than if you knew the Lord and then sinned, or if you knew the Lord and then and then say, uh, let astray, you know, those young in the faith as well as, you know, those who are just young in life. Um I love what it says in that the one part of the scripture is says that it leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Where worldly sorrow brings death, or it brings death to our soul. But when you repent before the Lord, when you come back to the Lord, when you when you retake up the the righteous conviction of the Lord that you once had and continue to journey in the Lord in his peace and joy, man, there's no regret. There's none of that, oh, I was a hypocrite, oh, you know, I, I know that I'm sinning and I shouldn't be, or that I'm, I've, you know, surrendered my conviction for righteousness even though I shouldn't have. There's none of that. Godly sorrow, which is essentially responding to the conviction of the Lord, and then we repent, man, it just saves us. There's no regret. It's, it's light. The burden becomes light. We, that's where we exchange that, that burden of the wound and wounding and the pain uh, that was caused us in that spiritual abuse uh, from that church leader. Man, it just exchanges, and then it's light. All of a sudden, the, that heaviness that's on your shoulders, it gets exchanged, and it's awesome. We need to remember that again. I know it's kind of, you know, Sunday school Christianity 101 stuff, but it's stuff that we still haven't, or we need to perfect. And if we're wrestling with cynicism, one of the things that we're going to wrestle with is the conviction for righteousness. Even those in the bondage of deep cynicism can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit calling as faint as it is. And this is the thing. This is the struggle. This is the wrestle with that cynical spirit when we re- when we surrender our conviction for righteousness in the Lord. Is that the voice of the Holy Spirit becomes faint. It's hard to tune in because all the other voices of cynicism are there. 
those voices telling you that, no, you can, you know, you can, you can name your sin, right? Just name your sin. You can do this or do that and still, you know, be right with the Lord, even though you know deep down that there is this peace and joy that comes from, say, rejecting sin or the world's ways or those things that are unbeneficial. So I want to encourage you to chase after the faint voice of the Holy Spirit, because when you push aside all that, you know, all the other voices, which we've talked about this a few times now, we push aside all those other voices and we focus it in the Holy Spirit. We get in his presence like Asaph did. That still small voice of the Holy Spirit becomes louder and louder and louder, but we have to focus in on it. And we cannot walk in a cynical spirit that is just continually the criticism and the cynicism, those words of death and those lies just, just keep echoing louder and louder in our hearts and our minds. We, we, have to, we, have to, we have to let those voices get fainter and the voice of the Holy Spirit get louder. And that's, uh, that's my encouragement to you in this podcast. All right. So again, we need to remove the overlay of the voice of the one who hurt you. We talked about this last episode. You know, it's like the voice of the one who hurt you is overtaking the voice of Jesus because there's this overlay. And that overlay, again, is just like that film or that block, whatever, you know, the imagery you can imagine there. But just something goes in the way it overlays it, it and it stops you from hearing the voice of the Lord. All right. So look to his voice. Get rid of, you know, your pain and wounding puts that overlay on, but the Holy Spirit will help you strip that overlay off so that you can see uh, what it looks like uh, completely pure, what the voice of the Holy Spirit looks like uh, completely when it comes to that conviction for righteousness. The journey back is no different for you than it is for anybody else. Repent and return to the love of Jesus. There are so many ungodly competing voices against walking in godly righteousness in our world today. And my encouragement to you is go back to that sweet place of devotion. Go back to a time when your your view, the lens by which you look through, wasn't tainted, wasn't colored. There wasn't a filter over it. Uh, and that, that was the filter of the pain, the wounding, the hurt, the things that your hypocritical leader or that group of leaders that you were sitting under, that they, they did to you. They, they wounded you, they hurt you, they betrayed you, um, they betrayed your trust, all those things. And now that is that, t- that taints the lens by which you look through. It's a different color. It doesn't look right. It, and that you begin to see the church... Uh, Christians and the world, or sorry, the uh, uh, the Lord Himself, and maybe even the world as well, uh, through this cynical lens. And you, my my call to you is return to those times when you walked in that godly conviction and righteousness. There were things that you didn't say. There was things that you didn't do, and there were things that you did say and did do. There were values rooted in the Word of God and in the Lord this conviction for righteousness that you had. And it was a conviction. It just simply wasn't a religious belief. It just wasn't simply a statement of principles. It was more than that. It was your conviction. All right. You didn't sin because you were convicted that there was a better way in the Lord revealed in the word of God. And you knew that. I'm encouraging you to return to that again. All right. In the Lord's healing for the wounding that you have, uh, that you've had happened to you in this breaking under season. So don't let the spirit of cynicism and don't let your wrestling match with the spirit of cynicism rob you of your godly convictions for righteousness in the Lord. Because those who walk in the Lord's ways 
even though they're not perfect in those ways, but their conviction and their life walking in those ways and continually towards those ways and not away from them, but towards them in the Lord, they always find that that place of peace and joy uh, when so many others just wallow in their pain. And the heart of this ministry is that you will find the peace, joy, love, hope of the Lord once again, and that that cynicism that is rising up through your pain and wounding, the Lord just completely heals it. And that is the heart um, for this ministry. So again, when you wrestle with cynicism, be careful. You do not surrender your conviction for righteousness and your 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 own conviction to walk in holiness in the Lord. That, of course, is guided by the Word of God, which we're going to get into in the next podcast. We're going to be talking about um, how we have to guard ourselves against buying into a modified gospel. When, we, when we're broken under, when we're spiritually and emotionally wounded, by a senior church leader who hurts us, who wounds us, uh, we are prone to the next temptation, which is to buy into a modified gospel. And so we want to be careful. It's very closely related to this, to your conviction for righteousness, but it is, uh, it is separate. It is different. And so we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. So I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. Again, hit uh, like and subscribe on this video and our channels. Remember, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, and I just want to encourage you to check out brokenrising.com. That is kind of like the website and nexus for all of these free resources that are for you to use to spread the word to those who maybe have they themselves have gone through a spiritual and emotional uh, wounding and abuse at the hands of uh, a church leader, the church, or a group of leader in the churches, uh, or in the church, I should say. Um, so again, I want to encourage you to uh, hit like and subscribe on all those channels. Uh, there is a new exciting resource that is coming out soon. I'm going to have some information on that coming soon. I'm excited about that. And uh, so keep rising above in the Lord, and we'll see you ne next episode on the Broken Rising podcast. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope that it was a real blessing to you in your journey with the Lord and your journey of healing. I want to introduce you to a brand new resource from Broken Rising Ministries. It's my new book, Broken Under, Rising Above. And it's a roadmap, a journey of healing for those who have been spiritually and emotionally wounded by a leader in the church. It's a roadmap that will lead you on a journey of healing from the pain of betrayal from a leader, it's a, a roadmap that will lead you to the place of restoration in your life and in your ministry. And I know it's going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be a blessing to the church at large as we see people come to a, a greater degree of healing from being wounded or abused spiritually and emotionally by a church leader. So it's coming out in March 2022. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to check out this new resource. It is going to be a blessing to many. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. For more podcasts and resources, please visit brokenrising.com and connect with our pages on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is copyright Broken Rising Ministries.